Well, happy Easter, everyone. I'm so excited to be with you tonight. As Lance said, my name's Miranda. And um, yeah, what a privilege it is to be able to share with you on Easter Sunday. Um, Such a pinnacle of our faith in what we believe. Um, Yeah, the chance to just celebrate that Jesus not only died for us, but he was raised to life. And um, how amazing as well that not only was Jesus raised to life, but when he was raised to life, we were also resurrected with him and made alive with him. And I think that's so amazing. So before we start, I'd love it if you can all just stand up with me. And on the count of three, I just want us to give the biggest shout of praise um, to Jesus tonight for everything that he's done. Is that all right with everyone? Yep, all right. One, two, three. Awesome. You can all take your seats. Yeah, it's just um, such an amazing time for us to come to in this time of the year just to celebrate what he's done and that um, we have this hope and we have this freedom in Christ. And, you know, many people um, died before Jesus, but they were never raised to life. But Jesus was raised to life. And that is what is so amazing about Easter, um, that it didn't just stay at, at death, but it, he, he brought life and life to the full for us. And um, so I just want to reflect on a couple of scriptures before we get to our main one. I just love um, this scripture in Revelation 1.18. And it says, I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys to death and Hades. How amazing is that? That Jesus, our Jesus, our Savior, he holds the keys to death. And in 1 Corinthians 15.54, it says, death has been swallowed up in victory. And I think that's so amazing. Um, The victory is not only Jesus's, but it's ours as his followers. So if you have your Bibles with you tonight, I'd love if you can just turn to um, Ephesians 2. And before I start reading, I just wanted to reflect on the start of this scripture. And Paul starts out this scripture with talking about our position before Christ, that we are dead in our transgressions. Um, it talks about us as sinners, as living in the world's ways, living in conformity to the world. And then it goes on from verse 4, and that's where I'm going to read from tonight. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I'd just love to start with a prayer. Now, God, we just want to thank you that we can come today and just celebrate what you have done for us, Lord. That not only are you resurrected, but we are resurrected with you. And that is because of your great love and your grace that we can live um, with this hope, God, with this freedom. And we just want to pray tonight that as we delve into this scripture, Lord, that you would speak to the depths of our heart, God, exactly where we're at, Lord. Would you just be speaking to us, Lord? And we just want to invite your Holy Spirit into this place tonight. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. 
I love in this scripture that it talks about us being made alive with Christ. And I actually asked a few of my friends what they thought it meant to be made alive with Christ. And I just love some of their responses, so I'm just going to read them to you. So one of my friends said, My entirety is awakened by his spirit dwelling and growing in me. Awakened from death. My life was in black and white, but now it is in color. And how amazing that our life, you know, even though there's sin and the world is fallen, that we have this hope in Jesus, that we have this hope that we can be made alive in him. And I love as well that on the cross, that is a representation of reconciliation. I often get this picture of us before Christ, just totally covered in sin, as if we've just jumped in a pool of mud and we are just submerged from our head to our toe in mud. But when Jesus came, he actually stripped off that sin, he stripped off that mud and he put it on himself and then he placed himself in his righteousness on us so that a door could be opened for us to have a relationship with God, a relationship with our Father. That not, the door is not closed anymore, that it has been opened, the veil has been torn so that we can have relationship with our Father and how amazing that is. Um, and you know, even though uh, the cross and this time of year, Easter, is such an amazing thing, as transformational time in history, is such a, a message of hope for us, sometimes I've noticed, even for myself, I can come into Easter as sometimes I may come into a dentist appointment. I furiously floss the day before, thinking that it will help brushing my teeth as hard as I can as I go into the dentist, when I haven't even been flossing, you know, the years before, but you think it's going to make a difference, right? And sometimes that's the way I come to Easter. You know, I've, I've been living throughout the year, trying to live for Christ, but then I go, oh, I should probably read the, this scripture again. I should probably reflect on this again. Or another area in my life is sugar. I have a big sweet tooth. And I've heard a lot of people talk about this sugar documentary that's been on recently and just a guy that was living really, really healthy. And then he decides for about a month or so, I think it is, just to eat sugar and see the impact that it has on his body. And when people have talked about this um, documentary, I've sort of thought, well, I probably should watch it, but I don't really want to because I know it's probably going to have an impact on my life. And I've even fasted sugar for about 30 days, but then what do you know? I go back to eating sugar again. It's so hard. I don't know if any of you can relate to that. Or even one that you might relate to if you've been on a youth camp in your time here. Um, It's such an amazing week and of just drawing closer to God and And people often have those really amazing experiences with him. And I often hear people say at the end of the week, I really want to take this back home with me. I really want to keep up this relationship with Christ that I've formed. But then we come back home and reality sort of hits us and sometimes we don't know how to live in that. And, you know, it's just a pinnacle moment. It's just a time in history and we don't know how to sort of make it an everyday um, transformational thing in our lives. So I just wanted to pose a question with us tonight. As we reflect on the cross, as we reflect on the resurrection, and that we are actually resurrected with Christ, and we've been given this gift of grace, of being made alive with him, what actually stops us from sometimes daily living in the resurrection power? Even though we know it's good for us, even though I know it's good for me not to eat so much sugar, even though I know it's good for me to floss every day, why don't we always do that? When we really know, we know the power of the resurrection. We know its transformation. We've probably experienced it in a time of our lives. 
but why is it sometimes so hard to put that into the daily, um, day in and day out of our lives? Why does it take us having to come to Easter Sunday to really reflect on the cross we wait, the way we do? And I just want to explore some of the things that you may resonate with that may get in the way of that tonight. So maybe for you, um, it's that you think you don't deserve the grace. You don't deserve what God's done for you. We often live with a feeling of guilt, a feeling we're not good enough. And yes, we don't deserve grace, but it is there and it is done. He has given this gift to us, a gift that we, we need to go through the process of really accepting and receiving. So maybe for you tonight, it's that it's overcoming that, that maybe that guilt or that, that struggle you have in your life of maybe the things you've done, that you're not, you've done too much bad stuff to deserve this grace. But I want to tell you tonight that the power of what Jesus has done is for each and every person here tonight. There is nothing that you have done that grace and love does not cover. The victory is won. Or maybe for you, it's that you let the, the world tell you how to live. The, the pressure of conformity, the pressure of the enemy's voice in your ear trying to tell you just to follow that thing, to feed on that thing, that that will bring you life, to try and mock Jesus' message of life with something else in the world that is just temporary. Maybe it's that, yeah, the voice of the world is louder than the voice of Christ, that there are distractions. Or maybe for you it's that it's too big a cost to follow Jesus, that you realize that Jesus died and he went through death before he went through resurrection. And that when we follow Jesus, sometimes it's laying down the things of the world to follow him. It's going against the grain. I recently had an experience with this when I was with a group of um, girls that didn't know Christ. And they were just talking about things they do in their life and habits of their life. And I was sitting there and I was feeling so odd. I was feeling so different that I was just, we were the, around the same age, but I was just living this totally different life. And, you know, I often think I am, I am really passionate about standing out for Christ. But it's sometimes when we're put in those situations, it really hits you. I don't want to be the odd one out. It's hard to lay down some of these things to follow Christ. You know, this scripture talks about being seated with Christ. We have been given a place, an open door, and it also talks about grace, that there's nothing that we can do to, to earn this salvation. And Ash actually touched on this a few weeks ago, but one of the hardest things for us is sometimes just accepting and receiving. We want to do something. We want to have control to earn this grace, to be a good Christian. And I often struggle with this, this area of control, this area of striving and, and just trying to do everything right. And instead, God is actually calling us and saying, I've already done it. I've given you this gift of grace, and you just need to lay everything before me and receive it. You can, you can pray, you can read your Bible more, you can worship more, and these are great things to draw closer to God. But that is not salvation. He's given us the gift of grace. There is nothing that we can physically do to earn his love and to earn his grace. And sometimes... It's going through that process of actually just receiving and accepting that. You know, sometimes we live as destination-focused rather than journey-focused, yearning for sort of those pinnacle moments, craving Christ and wanting to be close to him, but trying to find that closeness in experiences. 
you know, an amazing conference where you feel really close to him, a youth camp where you feel really close to him. But it's in the daily life, in the little things that we actually find our fulfillment with Christ. Or maybe it is that you've been living as an orphan, with an orphan mentality rather than a son or daughter. And I think this reflects back to um, those of us that sometimes don't think we deserve grace, we don't think we deserve love. We live sort of um, eating the scraps off the floor rather than taking that seat at the table. Um, and it talks about this in this scripture that as Jesus was raised, we were raised and we were seated with him. We are called sons and daughters to take our rightful place and our authority. Or maybe um, if you know the story of the prodigal son in the Bible, maybe you feel that you associate with the prodigal son. Maybe you've been quite far away from Christ and, and sort of living, living in the world's ways, but you're wanting to come back, you're wanting to return home. Or often in this story, I actually um, feel like I sort of relate to the older brother in this story. He's actually jealous of his younger brother getting this big party returning home when actually he gets the privilege to live with his father day in and day out. And what amazing, amazing opportunity that is. And sometimes we forget. And sometimes we're in that position of the older brother, just feeling jealous about the people that have gone off in the world and just come back. And they get that amazing moment with Christ. They get that, um, you know, time at a youth camp or a conference or at a church service where Christ just hits them. But you just feel like you're living the day in, day out. You haven't had a pinnacle moment like that for a while. But it's actually a choice to see living with Christ as such a privilege. The fact that that older brother got the chance to know his father, to live with him. So amazing. And I actually kind of reflect on my own relationship with my dad. And such a special moment I had with him um, a little while ago. It was the first time that we said, I love you to each other. And that was such an amazing moment for me. And I would call it a real pinnacle moment in our relationship. Um, and I sort of just wanted to stay in that place, stay in that pinnacle moment. But it was then that I realized that we don't just live in the pinnacle, but it then becomes a choice every day to continue to pursue that relationship, to continue to live that out, the same way it is with our relationship with Christ, the same way it is when we reflect on the resurrection. It is so amazing in that pinnacle moment, but then it becomes a choice day in, day out, to let it transform our everyday life. And it takes work. And it can be hard, but it's so worth it to live in that relationship. And recently, I sort of made a goal to work on my relationship with my dad. And I decided I was going to um, conjure up enough courage to ask him out for breakfast, which to many of you might be a really simple thing, just going out to breakfast with someone. But for me, it was weirdly hard to do this because it was new. And it was. It was, it was that choice after that pinnacle moment to make, to continue to pursue this. But I believe to really experience the fullness of a relationship, to really experience the fullness of this resurrection power, of this being seated with Christ, we must make the choice to live it out day in, day out. And I'm not married, but I bet married couples would tell you that after many years of marriage, that it does, it becomes a daily choice to love. It's not every day going to be like the first day you met, the first day you saw them, the first kiss that you shared, um, you know, all the butterflies. It's not going to be like that every day. It's going to be a daily choice, but it's actually in the daily choice that you find deep fulfillment in that relationship and that you, you go so much deeper. 
And tonight you might think of some other things that may get in the way of you daily living out that resurrection power. And I don't have one answer for you tonight. And that was quite confronting to step up here and be okay with that. But I think that's part of the point, and I think that's part of what this scripture is talking about and what I've already touched on, is that it's grace, that it's been done, it's not something that we can do. And as I said before, we can read our Bible more, we can pray more, we can worship more, but without the full revelation and acceptance of this grace and this love and what has been done, they're all just things that we can do. And one of the last things I want to talk about is also living out the fullness of Easter, the fullness of the cross, the three days as a whole. Sometimes we can be picky about which day we live in. Maybe we live in the Friday, in the death, in the hopelessness, in the sin. And as I touched on before, of those of us that, yeah, sit in that place of maybe don't, we don't think we deserve grace, maybe we're sitting in that Friday, sitting in the guilt, and that it's too overwhelming that we can't overcome it. Or maybe you sit in the Saturday, We don't often talk about the Saturday. We sort of reflect a lot on the Friday, a lot on the Sunday, but there's the Saturday in between that I believe is sort of a representation of the awkwardness, the doubt, the uncertainty. I often think about what what were the disciples thinking on that Saturday? You know, Jesus had prophesied his death and his resurrection, but he had not yet risen. And they're in this place of, I'm sure, uncertainty or doubt, and maybe we're living in that place. Or maybe you're living in the Sunday, but just the Sunday, in the resurrection, um, on this high, high, in a pinnacle moment. But sometimes the issue with just living in the pinnacle moment is we don't have a realisation of the reality or the fullness of the death that's gone before to achieve the resurrection. And I read this quote and it says, Is our Christian faith painful, awkward or hopeful? That's like asking if water is solid, liquid or gas. The answer is yes. We are reminded that although we want to pick and choose, God knows we need the full spectrum of death, descent, and resurrection to abide with Christ, to fully receive the fullness of what he's done. We must first die to then rise. And I think a lot about people that have faced near-death experiences, and I don't know if you've gone through that before, but I'm sure when we face a near-death experience, we get this new perspective on life. And I think it's the same with our faith. As we, we face these experiences of almost death to some things in our lives, laying things down before Christ, is then we can receive the fullness of life and life to the full that God has for us. We can receive this resurrection. Because when we lay things down, we don't just lay things down, but God gives us a new gift of new life with him, of hope, of forgiveness, of love, of freedom. But as I said, it's not until we lay down that we die to receive full resurrection. Now, you may feel like at the moment you're going through a time of essentially death, of maybe having to lay some things down tonight. But I want to remind you of his grace, a grace and love that absolutely showers and embraces you and that there will be a resurrection if you persevere. Or you may be at a pinnacle moment of your life maybe a new Christian, or maybe just in a place of really just a great place with Christ, of feeling so close to him. 
And my prayer for you tonight is that you would use that to then fuel you into the challenges that life may throw at you. Or you may be in that place tonight of the Saturday, of the doubt. Maybe not seeing, but wanting and, to, and believing. You want to believe. So maybe tonight your chance is to look at the cross, to look at what Jesus has done, and to go, you know what, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump tonight. I'm going to accept that grace and forgiveness and that absolute adoration that Christ has. And as we go through this process of really receiving the resurrection and, and letting it transform our everyday lives, it is not just for our own benefit. It is not just for our own hope, our own forgiveness, our own grace. But that then flows in allowing others to experience that too. Because as it talks about in this scripture, we, we are resurrected so that God can use us. We are the display of God's love and grace for those around us that don't know him. And as we come to a close tonight, I just want to invite the band up. And I would love to read verse 13 of Ephesians 2. And it says, Although you were once distant and far away from God, now you have been brought delightfully close to him through the sacred blood of Jesus you have actually been united to Christ. And that is something to be celebrated, that we are united to Christ. That is so amazing. And I am so excited for the life that we get to have, that it's not only just a future hope of eternity with Christ that the cross represents, but it is daily, it is a daily present power that we have to live with Christ, to live alive with Christ. And as my friend said, for our lives to not be in black and white, for our, but our lives to be in color. He is alive and we are alive. And that is something that I just want to celebrate tonight. And so I'd love to pray. And then we're going to, yeah, just enter into a time of really worship. And I want you to ponder some of the things that I may have explored tonight or some of the other things that maybe relevant to you in your life that get in the way of living out that, that resurrection power. And really think about that and allow that to fuel you into this week, fuel you into the rest of this year, just to live for Christ and live in this transformational power that is not something that we can do, but is something that He has done. That may we receive and accept this amazing grace and this amazing love. So I'd love to just pray. God, we thank you so much for what you've done, Lord. We thank you so much for this amazing grace, this amazing transformational love that you would lay down your life and that you would raise to life not only Jesus but us, that you'd give us new life, that we do not have to live in our sin anymore, but that we are saved, that we are set free. And Lord, may you move in us some of the things that may get in the way of living this out, God. Bring clarity in our lives to what it is that would try and stop us from living in this grace and living in this love and freedom. And may you break down those walls in our lives tonight. We thank you and we praise you and we praise you that your son is alive and that we are made alive, Lord. And as we enter into this worship time, may we just fix our eyes on you and praise you for everything that you've done and everything that you're gonna continue to do. This power is not just something that was done when Jesus died and was raised to life um, thousands of years ago, God, but is something that, that is in every day and everything that we do, God, that we can be 
reconciled to you, have relationship with you, Lord. And that is something that we want to shout about, that we want to praise about, and we want to be so thankful to you for. We just want to pray all these things in your name tonight. Amen.